So this is a small sample size, but apparently, based on my New Year's Day Facebook feed, many of us had strong feelings about 2014 and a variety of hopes for 2015. There was certainly a strong theme of good riddance to 2014. Good riddance to the grief and pain and loss and despair and hardships of the last year. A sense of thank heavens the job search is now in the rearview mirror. Or thank heavens like secure housing has been found. There were a few posts in my Facebook feed about the Black Lives Matter movement and continuing to build momentum into 2015 seeking to bring about police reform and greater accountability and continuing the work around racial equity. And there was a flood of posts about intentions and dreams for 2015. The theme of these posts was about new beginnings, new habits, new patterns as it related to diet and exercise and spiritual practices and different priorities and finding courage in hard situations. In short, there was a theme of deep yearning for something different, something new, something more in 2015. The New Year's intentions on my Facebook feed felt real and vulnerable. And it seemed as if my Facebook friends had put on the mask of the Roman god Janus, who has these two faces, you may know, as my friends rested in this threshold place between 2014 and 2015. In ancient Roman mythology, Janus is the god of beginnings and transitions. He's usually depicted as having these two faces so he can see into the past at the same time he's seeing into the future. Janus is usually associated with gates, with doorways, with endings and beginnings. In short, these thresholds in our lives. January, named after Janus, is the doorway, the threshold to this new year. So standing at that threshold, my Facebook friends, including many of you in this space, shared hopes about alignment in the new year, about awakening in the new year. I may be reading too much into what was there, but I think that underneath all of that, what undergirded many of these posts was this hope and this intention to live in such a way that by the end of 2015 and by extension by the end of our lives, we aren't filled with arguments and anger and bitterness and regret, but instead with the sense that we have lived, that we have loved, that we have shown up into this world and to those around us in a meaningful way, there was a hunger in these posts for more meaning in our lives. Let me say this even more bluntly. In very few of the posts, I don't think any of them said this, but what was underneath that, truly, I believe, was this intention, this hope, this hunger for God. This hunger for God. Now, if you're on the verge of checking out, and I 
know you well enough to know that there are atheists here and humanists here and many different people of many beliefs, or if you're on the verge of checking out because God doesn't hold any meaning for you, or you're thinking, how is my resolution to exercise more in the new year connected to God? Hang with me for just a few minutes here, and I'll explain. When I suggest that resolutions are about a hunger for God, a desire for something more, something richer, something deeper in our lives, I'm not talking about a gendered male God or a ruler of the universe pulling strings directing the drama. You, lottery ticket winner. You, foreclosed house. You, cancer patient. You, finally secure job. I'm not talking about a being that is watching it and unfolding it in this divine plan. I don't believe in that kind of God, and I suspect that many of you here do not believe in that kind of God either. When I say that these resolutions were about a hunger for God, I'm not talking about a God as a savior, someone who takes away all of the pain of your life and opens up this little Hawaiian real estate paradise for you for the rest of your time. When I say God, I'm not even really pointing to a personified entity. Instead, I'm pointing to the practices and habits that open our heart and mind to those transcendent mystical moments in life when the drop of water that is our life sees and feels itself in the ocean the incredible ocean. I'm pointing to those moments of deep, intense connection with other living beings, the people and the animals and the planet around us, those moments of intense connections when our hearts just flood with wordless praise. We hunger for more of that. So when I say God, it's more of a verb, an experience that we hunger for. And I'm pointing, when I use that word, to the practices that transform us, that change us, that call us into our fullest, most honest, most powerful, and vulnerable expressions of our humanity. We are hungry for that hungry to align our lives with the spirit of goodness and grace and love that moves through the world. We are hungry, in the words of African-American theologian Karen Baker Fletcher, to dance with God, to dance with that experience of life in the dynamic, responsive, loving, loving and liberating power that rests there. This is what we are hungry for a way forward when so much feels impossible in our lives, when so much feels terrifying in these times we live in, in these times we've always lived in, these times that feel like we're stuck in a vat of cream that's too thick to swim in, too thin to walk on, and too slippery to crawl out of. So this morning... As we move into the new year together, I want to loop back to Marie Howe's poem to suggest, her poem, My Dead Friends, to suggest that one of our biggest New Year's intentions, 
one that might bring us more meaning, more purpose, more love, more justice. One of the things we might do in this new year is bring our deceased loved ones with us into the new year. I'm suggesting that the dead, those who have gone before us, have incredible power to shape our lives and to help fill that hunger we have. The dead, as the poet writes, can speak clearly and honestly. They can help us, the living. I'm suggesting that we intentionally remember those who died. And you've already done that this morning. You've named names. You've thought of their faces and their presence in your life. We intentionally bring those who have died this past year, whether friends or family or members of the larger human family, we bring them with us into this new year. This practice in the new year can be to surround ourselves with the dead, with this great cloud of witnesses, both those near and dear to our heart and the grief that that brings, but also to expand the circle to have other voices in that circle that we can listen to, that can move us toward deeper, more courageous living, toward what we're hungry for. Conversations with the dead can make crystal clear what's important. The poet Marie Howe beautifully describes this when she says, when we're weary and can't decide an answer to a bewildering question, we can ask our dead friends for their opinion, trusting that they will give an answer that is often immediate and clear. I imagine you have people in mind, I know, looking through this sanctuary, you have people in mind already, but let's expand the circle just a bit and see what happens. I wanna share with you some of the people I am carrying with me into 2015 and invite you to carry them with me as well. Let them speak to us. Let's bring into the circle a woman named Leela Alcorn, a 17-year-old white transgender woman who killed herself this last week. Maybe you've seen on Facebook or in the news. It is fresh and painful. In a heartbreaking note that Leela left online, she said, the only way I will rest in peace is if one day transgender people aren't treated the way I was, that they're treated like humans with valid feelings and human rights. My death needs to mean something. My death needs to be counted in the number of transgender people who kill themselves this year. I want someone to look at that number and say, that is messed up. Fix society, please. So I'm holding Leela this morning and the many transgender people of color, such as Deshonda Sanchez, who also died last year. And I invite you to carry them with me as we seek to transform ourselves and the institutions we're a part of so that transgender people can live and breathe with respect and the rights we all deserve. We do this not as a political act, this carrying of her name, but as a faithful act of love 
let's bring into the circle Tamir Rice, a 12-year-old African-American boy shot dead in the first two seconds of a police car arriving on the scene. He was playing by himself at a park. He had a toy air pellet gun. The video is heartbreaking. If Tamir could speak, and he can in our heads, we can hear him saying, that is messed up. Fix society, please. Let's bring into the circle 22-year-old John Crawford. This is someone I'm holding. An African-American man who was shot and killed by police officers in a Walmart store in Beaver Creek, Ohio, as he talked on his cell phone and leaned on a pellet gun that he had picked up in the store to purchase. He was talking on his phone and leaning on the gun. Someone had called the police, said there's a dangerous man in the Walmart with a gun, and the police arrived and they shot him. If John could speak, and he can, in our heads and hearts and minds, we might hear him say, just last week, two white guys in a Walmart in Idaho went in, they opened and a BB gun and loaded this BB gun and fired it four times in the store and were arrested without incident. That's messed up. Fix society, please. We lift up these names. I hold these names with me so we remember and are clear about why we're committed to gender justice, to racial justice, why we're committed to police reform and accountability, why we're committed to building a country that treats its citizens of color in the same way it treats its white citizens. We do this not as a political act, hold these names, but as an act of faithful love. We can bring into the circle all right. <laughs> we've all been there. We've, we've all been there. We can bring into the circle, into that circle of those who have deceased but can still speak to us. We bring into that circle the names of Officer Rafael Ramos and his partner, Wenjin Liu. These two officers who were shot to death in the days before Christmas in this daylight ambush by a deeply disturbed, mentally ill African-American man who had shot and wounded his girlfriend earlier in the day. If they could speak, what would they say? Would they echo the words of the Black Lives Matter movement who condemned this shooting, saying, let's hold each other close as we work together to end violence in our communities once and for all, what would they say to us? I want to close this imaginative exercise, and I know there are people you have brought to mind, voices, people from books, people you know only via the internet, and of course, those loved ones near to you. Let's end this imaginative exercise by bringing into the circle the name of Pete Seeger, 
who used, who died this past year, and who used music to change the world, music to work for justice, music to bring thousands and thousands together. When he first dreamed of cleaning up the Hudson River, people said it was impossible. It was a problem that was too thick to swim in, too thin to walk on, too slippery a problem to solve, like that big vat of cream. But song by song and journey up and down the Hudson River, he did it. And if he could speak, we can imagine him saying, support a cause, join a movement, sing a song, sing a song. There are countless others we could name from this year and from years past whose lives speak to us and can shape our living in this next year. And I had a moment writing a sermon where it felt heavy and it felt a little bit morbid thinking of these dead people surrounding us. And maybe it feels that way to you. It's not my intent to land and live in that land. My intention is this to suggest to you, as the poet does, when we feel confused or frightened or terrified and we've totally run out of our bag of tricks, let's imagine the deceased, those loved ones standing there on the other side of the doorway with the knowledge that that brings, standing there encouraging us, smiling and saying, do whatever leads to joy. Do whatever leads to more life, more compassion, more love, more justice, and less worry. Life is short, they say. Be brave. Take risks. Return that phone call. Stand up for justice. Build the beloved community right here, right now. It's not complicated, they say. You'll go through the door soon enough, they say, but for now, you're among the living, breathing, laughing, singing, dreaming. So live boldly, friends. Live boldly. Amen.